episode of the Success Code. Let's get it. You ready? Welcome to the Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the Success Code. Success Code. Yo, so I'm super excited on this interview, on this show today. We got my boy, Nick Davis. Yo, Nick is a father. He is a marketing rep for NFL, NBA, pro athletes. He's just a go-getter, a hustler. I've never seen anybody in my life who has as much energy as this dude. I've seen him work all day, go to the club, party, connect, communicate, and then be up hitting the gym and then working again. Nick, can you hear me? What's up, big dog? First off, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I know you're extremely busy, man. Uh, How's this quarantine treating you so far? Yeah, no doubt, bro. No doubt. So tell the people uh, where you're from, what you do, and uh, uh, about Nick. Yeah. So you're like, you know, you always got those dudes who you see are successful and you're, but you don't know what they do. I like you, you remind me of worldwide West, like worldwide West got his hands in everything. But if you just seen him on the street, you know that he's massively successful, but you like, what does that guy do? So tell people what you do and uh, what your business is and uh, what you guys do over at Anthem. Okay, hold on one second. Someone said they can't hear you. So let's see what's going on there. I can hear you. So this is what we're going to do. All right, so let's see if they can hear you now. 
Um, so you're talking about you work with athletes on and off the field. Um, what is your vision for athletes if you're working with them? What is your vision for them to see for their future? Uh, Yeah. Uh Yeah. And that's clutch. And, you know, we see movies like, uh, was it the 30 for 30 or going broke or whatever. And so you're making sure that doesn't happen to athletes. You're making sure that doesn't happen uh, to anyone. Uh, what is your process? So if I'm an athlete and I have a vision for how I want to live outside of um, football when I'm done, What's your step-by-step process to help me create a vision for myself and then reaching out to, to doing what I want to do? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about like you, man. So what made you want to get into that? And how'd you know you wanted to do it? Because you have a, you have a skill set that a lot of kids probably don't know that they can get into, you know what I mean? So how'd you know yet you wanted to do that? And what did you do to uh, switch that up? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just moving forward. Um, so you talked about trust. So one thing I always teach in my marketing classes is that you have to get someone's attention and then you have to get their trust before they'll work with you, before they'll buy from you, before, you know, people uh, will connect with you. So I want to ask, what is your process for bringing in leads? Uh, how do you approach players and, you know, how do you gain that trust and to get them to want to work with you? Mm-hmm. Around for what is he doing? As you know, there's always people hanging around athletes, but who's actually? For unnecessary reasons or want to pop off in the clubs, you know how it go on the, on the usual tip. So to bring value to those guys to have everyone look at me as trustworthy and a big brother and someone that's capable of doing everything he said he's going to do and holding, holding them accountable because so yeah. many times players hang around a lot of people who just essentially are yes men, allow them to walk all over them. And, and I, I've essentially never been that, always been someone who stood on my own 10 toes, spoke my mind and told players what I thought was right and wrong, regardless of how they felt about it. And I think that gave me a lot of respect throughout the industry. Yeah. Um, how do you have so much energy, man? Because I, I, that's one thing. I thought I had a bunch of energy. You know what I'm saying? People like, I'll go out like when we – uh when we turned up in Vegas, you know, the next morning I got up, I hit the gym. I look at my Instagram, look who else is already done hitting the gym. And, but like, and like, yo, I got meetings, I got to do this, this and that. And then you out, how do you have so much energy? Man, I, I love working. I love living. I love life. Uh, such a precious thing. No day is promised. Always here to just, uh, always grateful for each day that I can get trying to maximize the time, the hours. Uh, within each day um, so I just keep going man it's, it's hard to get me down I always protect my energy and always try to feed off and give uh, good energy around so you know once you and I connected it was always great energy great vibes and uh, we you match my intensity from an energy standpoint you always motivated me from a distance and just different things that you were doing and I just try to match that as well okay all right so you know I mostly work with basketball players um, uh, and I got a lot of entrepreneurs on here so what would you tell a kid in high school who is maybe looking to go D1 
and he's probably a prospect going to go to the league. What advice would you give them to keep their head on focused and uh, what should they focus on moving forward? School. That's, that's, that's primary. Uh, That's primary school first. Um, As you grow and you begin to, to develop and become a, a older man and start realizing what's going on, not only in the sport itself, but just the different things around you. You mm-hmm. start to want to grow more from an educational standpoint. Yeah. Uh, too many times we put our African-American uh, young athletes or athletes period across the country in, in position that they're not learning enough, but they're still being fed that they should play sport, that they should pursue it and then fall off because the grades can't hold. Look how many great players don't make it alone just off of that small standpoint. So, the greatest players to ever play any sport in our world hasn't made it professional. And it's because of the small things that they don't do on a daily basis. God-given talent that they can't maximize due to not being able to focus on the school bucks alone. So that's first. Yeah. Um, outside of that, man, it's just work. Yeah. Everything is just work. It's all mental. It's all work. But that's what you know this, though, more than anybody yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you do. This is what you teach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's – it's, it's a lot more mental to this thing than anything else because a lot of players have the ability to go professional off athleticism. Yeah. You know? uh, so mental and school, those would, those would be the two for me. Mentality and school, dope, dope. All right, let's talk about the business aspect. What is your process in reaching out to companies for marketing? Do you just hop on the phone? And how do you talk to them and gain their trust to where – because I see you work with massive companies. You just did a, a thing with Chick-fil-A, which we're going to talk about next. How do you reach out to these companies if I'm someone who wants to be a marketing rep or just want to be a better marketer, period? Uh, what's the best way to reach out? Uh, well, first first things first, I have a tremendous team, bro. I, my, I, my team is crazy. Uh, shout out to everyone that's that's a part of Anthem. You all, you all know I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of everyone that I work with. But I have an amazing group of people um, that support me and, and that we give tasks to on a weekly, that we follow up on on a weekly, and we all tackle things differently so that we're not stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the networking or just the brands itself, um, there's probably not a brand we haven't worked with or we haven't cut an opportunity with from a deal standpoint or placement on behalf of a player. But in order to sustain and really progress within great companies is to network and to build. And that doesn't come from phone calls. It's about being the right person in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You have to network. You have to follow up. I remember starting in this industry and being a little bit too proudful to go places and follow up with people. Like, oh, well, yeah, I gave them my card and they gave me their card, but that's cool. But sometimes you got to understand that you that you got to humble yourself and you got to swallow your pride and make those decisions. And that's what really plateaued me to get to where I'm at now within the industry, swallowing my pride and being able to understand business more and get out of uh, my mentality of growing up of feeling like you can do everything alone because it's, it's always useful to have help. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, that's crazy. Cause you know, a lot of time we give people our business cards and we don't follow up or they don't call us. But I remember it's been probably about two and a half years now. We met, we met, uh, we, I believe we was at a uh, playhouse and I noticed <laughs> you were like, you were like, nah, right now, put your information in my phone and you were like, what time you going to hit me up? It wasn't like, yo, let's follow each other. Like most people do. You were like, what time are you going to hit me up and what time we can communicate? 
And then we ended up just becoming cool and friends first before we even discuss business and going to discuss business in the future. But I noticed that about you was like, get your information now. So that's a tip that they could take away with is actually set a time to where you're going to follow up with people. For sure. That's huge. The yeah. follow up is way stronger than the initial, the initial meeting. The follow ups get you the bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like Marshawn, let's see it. Protect your chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. So, um, who, who is your mentor? Who inspires you, or who do you look to be like? Um, I have a man. I have a great, great, uh, great group of mentors around me. Uh, very successful entrepreneurs, businessmen. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy who kind of started me off in, in my entire career is named uh, Dr. Cottrell Kenny. Yeah, a great guy. He's uh, also a Cleveland guy as well. Him and also the founder of Anthem, uh, Lawrence Lemons. Both of those guys have been uh, very critical uh, in my life in regards to my development, uh, allowing me to understand business better and just my personal growth, giving yeah. me uh, all the tools that I that's, that I need necessary around me to grow, not only as a person, but the businesses around me. And uh truly look up to those guys, always giving me free game. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um. Uh, tell me about fatherhood, man. What's I noticed oh, that man, you're, you're, you're a solid <laughs> father. You know what I mean. I watch. I watch your story. I watch you. How you interact with your kids. Um, so my I, son's birthday is Saturday. It's lit. Um, <laughs> he'll be five wow. years old. Um, he, he he'll be five years old, and uh, he's he's uh, definitely one of the bright spots of every one of my days. I also have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Skylar. Skylar's birthday is next month. She's been calling me for the past two days to ask me, what are we doing for Kobe's birthday? <laughs> Which is my son. So they're both excited about the birthday party this weekend. It's going to be a good time. Uh, fatherhood is amazing. Never knew how much you could love something until you have a child. Um, it's It's really just speechless for me to even speak on man just the feeling that they give me on a daily basis the motivation they bring you to do better to grow to leave something behind it's like man so much stuff you work on on a daily basis that they don't even understand why you're putting in so many hours so much work why you're going so hard oh why dad always gone but then when you look up they'll understand yeah you know i always tell people and um you know i don't have kids so a lot of times people don't want to listen to me or they get mad at me when i say my point but you know, your kids do, they do what they see you do. And so since you work hard and you hustling, guess what? They're going to work hard and hustle for whatever it is that they do. And um, uh, I just commend you for being a great father and doing your thing. But what y'all going to do Saturday? It's quarantine. Y'all y'all in the house. Man, with I know, man. Quarantine kicking is it's kicking our butt right now, man. Uh, I, I got some, I got, uh, it's what, I had 13 siblings. So uh-huh. a few of my brothers have children as well. So we probably get the kids together, just do some small cake and ice cream at the house or something. All my son, no, I asked him if he knew about the coronavirus. He said, yeah, the school's closed because his teacher got it. And uh, <laughs> he said, the school's closed because his teacher got coronavirus. And uh-huh. you know it's serious because they closed Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you got 13 siblings? How is that, man? I know your hands is right if you got 13 siblings. Hey man, it's awesome, man. It's crazy, man. I'm always with my brothers. Um, we love each other. This is the family. We take care of each other. We like a pack of wolves. We out here. We go crazy. Yeah. 
Are y'all super competitive? Like, my brother were crazy. Man, what? Like, you know, I'm <laughs> thirsty. I, you know, I try to win at everything. So we, yeah. we go back and forth at it, no matter what it is, video mm-hmm. games, outside events, whatever the case may be, anything we can do that's competitive, we go get it done. Yeah. So we talked about the quarantine and a bunch of people are uh, losing money and just struggling. Um, you're just trying to figure out a, a side hustle. One of the things I learned during this quarantine with the quickness is how to go live and do these interviews and really double downing, uh, doubling down on my interviews and stuff like that. But what are you doing to stay productive uh, during the quarantine? Well, uh, a lot of things and events was canceled for us due to representing the athletes and just placement for training, places that they wanted to be. Um, of course, the whole draft, pre-draft process on behalf of guys that's entering this year's draft, no pro days, no team visits, all that type of stuff, just slowing down the process for some of the guys who will really need this time for my uh, opportunity for teams to come out and see them. So yeah. it's been rough. Hello? Yeah, I see you. Yeah. I said, so, yeah, so it's been rough uh, with, with the canceling of events and charity events and different things we wanted to come and do, events that were scheduled. But it's all about the game plan and restructuring and refiguring it out, trying to be ready when this thing hits. At the end of the day, just tighten up all the loose screws at this point. Really gave us our opportunity to sit back and evaluate the company all over again from each different department, whether that's the content, the PR, the marketing, the branding, each strategy moving forward per player and sitting back seeing where we needed to make tweaks, where we needed to improve, what we shouldn't do again. And then also building those relationships with different brands during this time period to make sure that they understand that our players are still very interested and that we are trying to create different and uh, unique opportunities for our guys from a content perspective to share more light towards things that they want to pursue. So more so just a, a, a strategy uh, moving forward for no matter when this quarantine breaks, we need to be ready to hit the ground rolling, which I think we're uh, very prepared to do. And uh, it's going well. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um, God dang, they, you stand massively productive. You named about 10 things right there. Um, I know, like I said, people are struggling. And, you know, even some kids are, are struggling. We're going to have a hard time getting food because they get food when they're at school. And since school's closed, um, a lot of kids are struggling to get food. So I know you're doing Anthem, the Anthem Cares thing. And uh, I thought that was super dope uh, way to use your platform and put your heads together to bring kids food. So uh, tell the people uh, how many kids you're feeding with that and how they can help if they want to uh, help feed and uh, support you guys. Yeah, for sure. Anthem Cares is our, uh, is our charity for Anthem, uh, trying to give back to community, especially during this time, during the coronavirus, with all the schools or a majority of schools uh, being shut down during this time. And knowing the importance of parents relying on that breakfast and school lunch for kids to have those meals throughout the day and how that can hurt a family financially. So we're, we're familiar that a lot of the states and major cities um, are still giving those lunches to students, but at what cost? It, we, we came up with the idea to do the uh, Anthem Cares and partner with Chick-fil-A when uh, one of my partners actually, his, his son went to go pick up a school lunch and there was an old, uh, old orange in his, in his box. And yeah. he was like, oh man, that sucks. Like, if they just giving this away during this time, we know it got to be worse than this uh, across the country. So we decided to try to come together 
uh, reached out to a bunch of different companies and partners and Chick-fil-A was fortunate enough to uh, want to partner with us and believed in the cause and wanted to also feed kids Chick-fil-A. So shout out to them. And um, one of our athletes, DJ Swearinger Safety for the New Orleans Saints, was the first one to hop on board and say, yeah, I want to feed the kids. I want to donate $5,000 to my hometown and partner with the local Chick-fil-A's and feed the children in uh, South Carolina. And that's what he did. And Chick-fil-A matched our offer, and that was the first week we did it. From there, we realized that we could use our platform to expand this thing and feed more kids in different cities. And as of last Friday, right now, we're at a total of 2500 looking to continue out throughout the month of April. Um, you can give donations at anthemcares.org. That's A-N-T-H-3-M-cares.org. Um, but each, in, each week, weekend and week out, every Friday, depending on what cities we want to choose, uh, depending on who reaches out to us from a donation standpoint, if uh, another one of our players reaches out and say, hey, I want to donate X amount of dollars. It's not about the dollar amount. Every every dollar amount counts. But if a player says, yo, bro, I want to donate X amount of dollars and I want to do it in Philadelphia or in Texas or whatever the case may be, we'll then reach out to those local Chick-fil-A's. And uh, we already got the go-ahead from upstairs, from the hair corporation, and then we just partner with them and uh, find the location to feed the kids Chick-fil-A. So it's been amazing. It's been awesome. I love Chick-fil-A. Whether I got money or I don't, I ain't turning down free Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so it's been it's been amazing. I, it's, it's been going. All right, so I'm gonna ask you this real quick before we move on. What's better, that Chick Fil A sandwich or that Popeye sandwich? Chick Fil A sandwich. <laughs> I already knew he was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. You know, I did a uh, I did a sock drive when um, it was cold down here in L.A. for the homeless, and I partnered with Adidas. And people kept asking me. How did I reach out to do that and partner with Adidas? And I just happened to have a friend who worked with Adidas because when I was uh, working with um, the homie AC, he was sponsored by Adidas at the time. And so I met some cool people. So when you guys put that idea together and you say, we want to feed the kids, how do you, uh, what steps do you take to make that happen? And how do you reach out to Chick-fil-A? And then how do you get them to match what you put in? Uh, so when, when we came down to the process of trying to see who we wanted to partner with, we looked across different uh, franchises and fast food companies during that time. And we saw Burger King was already doing free meals. So we kind of figured Burger King might partner with us because they were already doing something that way. Uh, one of one of my good buddies and uh, mentors also, uh, Gary, he's a part of Anthem as well, handling and looking over operations. And, and Gary knows a, a lot of people always putting things together pretty well. And he called me the next morning and was like, yo, yeah, let's do Chick-fil-A. We're going to do Chick-fil-A. So I was like, okay, cool. So Gary went about that, already had a great relationship with Chick-fil-A, um, reached out to him, told him the cause. They gave us great feedback. And said they would love to be a part of it. And, and from there, wanted to partner with athletes also and um, allowed us to, to said they would match what we wanted to put up for meals. And so far, it's been going great. So we got a question here on the Facebook. Uh, someone said, um, how do you deal with football players' egos? They don't got egos, but I'll let you answer the question. How do you deal with their egos? Well, I will say some. there are some egos. You come across some guys who have some, that's for sure. Um, each guy's different. Guys are unique. You have a lot of players who some of them, primarily have always been that guy in their area growing up from being a football player within 
their local communities all the way up to making it professional. So they're used to being treated a certain way. But at the same time, uh, I believe that um, all guys respect real men. And it's about being real genuine with those guys and, and, and allowing them to see your point of view on where you stand on certain things. And players know as well. I mean, they're grown men at the end of the day. They're going to try you, but, but so much. But if you got to step up, always step up, speak your mind, tell them what you think. Don't allow them to walk over you or talk over you or belittle you like you're less than a person. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes um, some people just test you just to see where that line is. You know what I mean? And like my mama say, somebody crossed the line, you make sure you dig a ditch. You know what I mean? Uh, we got a caller calling in on my phone. My son. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I'll answer that. What's going on? Daddy doing an interview right now. I'm working. You keep calling my phone back to back. What's up? You okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Daddy call you back. Call you you gonna call me back? Yeah. All right, love you. Bye. Okay. He been blowing me up. He probably want another birthday gift. I told you. <laughs> what is he into? Love sports, man. I don't gotta say nothing to him. That's just something he does. Something he loves. He goes for. Um, he gonna pick the ball in the house. If it's on the floor, he gonna pick it up. So. That's just what he loves. Uh, loves, of course, cartoons. Uh, very huge into the superhero stuff now, the Black Panthers, the Supermans, all that type of stuff. So it's been going pretty well. He wants to start going to the games this year. So we're going to make a – I'm going to take him on one of my world tours as, as football season kicks off this year. And uh, it's going to be a good time. You know, actually um... – uh, I interviewed uh, Omar Bolden. He's a Super Bowl champ of Super Bowl 50. He was playing with the Broncos with Peyton when they won that chip. And I interviewed him a couple episodes ago. And he said, and I asked him, I said, would you let your kids play football? And he was like, he wouldn't prefer them to, but if they really wanted to, he'll let them. And um, so I want to ask you that. Would you let your kids play football? Um. I think for any parent, it's a tough question. It puts you in a vulnerable space, uh, definitely for the safety of the children. But from someone who's played it, I love the game when I played it. I know the feeling it gave me. I know the life lessons it's taught me. I think for me, in regards to just sports themselves growing up, even though I grew up with a lot of siblings, sports still made you closer because it gave you a family environment. You were I had great coaches growing up from little league all the way throughout. So I, I learned from great men um, and followed in their footsteps to give back to their communities and different things that they poured into us from a love and teammate perspective and brotherhood alone and sacrifice. So the, the things that the game taught me made me the man that I am. And I would hate for my son to not even experience some of those things uh, to gain some of the knowledge that his dad did, but he can gain those also in other sports as well. But if he decides to play football, I won't stop him from doing so. I'll support him fully. Okay. All right. So we only got a couple more questions. And then Chuck D is on live. He said he has a question, but he hasn't said what the question is. He just put question. Um, and then we got another question that just came in. But I want to ask you, 
if God forbid you lost everything today, right? And you have to start from zero. What are you doing? What are your first steps that you're taking to get back to doing what you're doing? First things first for anybody that wants to come up within, uh, within this uh, management of athletes is to gain relationships with players. If you can connect with athletes, any agency will be willing to allow you to be a part of theirs because every agency is always looking for someone who can bring in more players. Yeah. You only get older as players keep coming in young year in and year out and you need somebody to be able to relate to them and grow with them who they can grow with throughout their process. Yeah. And that's where I would start. I would start by doing my own scouting, my own developing, my own reaching out to players, trying to get them to buy into what I want this to look like for them long term and envision it for themselves for a better future off the field. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question came in. Uh, Jamura Hambrick said, is there a certain way Anthem goes about picking players to work with? It's all character-based for the most part. We do our own recruiting process. We we will start and begin recruiting out for next year's class and try to be in contact with all those guys before the season starts, trying to just allow them to gain as much information about us as they possibly can. And then also spending in-person time with those guys to see how they react to different situations and how we can grow together from a character standpoint. Some people I've turned down working with players that are great players, but not, not the type of people that I want to represent. And, uh, and that's how you pretty much decide and the deciding factor on who you want to bring into your team or not. Yeah. And what, what type of player and what type of character traits do you look for besides obviously motivation, integrity, and that stuff? What uh, other character traits do you look for? Hard work and relentless and very consistent, keeping a word. If I need you to be somewhere at a certain time and I ask you to be somewhere, I ask you to hop on a call, are we setting meetings and schedule, et cetera? If you can't be consistent with showing up on time, answering the phone on time, being at workout on time to where your coaches, your team, people around you are calling me saying what you're doing, what you're not doing, at the end of the day, players only cost themselves. Yeah. So, you know, it's only so much I'm going to be able to continue to keep telling you if you're not doing the right things by you. Yeah. Hey, keeping your word, that's so clutch. Um, I tell my athletes all the time that you got to become your word instead of your feelings. When you give your word. They be in them feelings. They be in them feelings. But you got to be your word instead of your feelings. If I don't, if I say I'm going to hit this gym and I don't feel like it, I got to figure out a way to still get my ass up in there, period. You know? For sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, you see, Chuck D said he has a question, but he still didn't ask what the question was. So I'm going to ask the last question that we ask. This is what we ask everybody. This is like the main question of the show. What is success to you? What does success look like to you? And what is your opinion on success? Oh, man, for success for me is uh, one, truly being happy, and, and two, providing for my family. I think those are the main two for me. Uh, it's not about money. It's not about uh, material things. It's not about any accolade that you can give me. It's about me waking up every day and feeling happy and, and, and being happy to be wherever I am, whatever that may be. And doing what I do at Hatham and helping these kids and, and knowing that I'm leaving a lifelong and legacy on their lives and, and their development and helping them grow as men off the field, off the court, creating businesses for them to leave legacies for their kids as well as my own, 
means more to me than, than any other thing that we can provide for a player. In this industry, from a management, marketing, branding standpoint, I'm the best in the game. It's not even close. But for me, <laughs> that's the that's the easy part. To do the marketing and to, and to create and connect players with brands is, is the easy part, but it's what players want to hear. But in reality, if you get with me and by the time you got finished playing, you had nothing to fall back on. You had no sense of direction and what career path you wanted to go to next, where your next dollar was coming from if it wasn't coming from the sport itself then we didn't do a job at all. And every marketing dollar that you touched before that meant nothing because the money is already gone. So for me, man, it's all about happiness. I've got offers to leave my company, to be a part of other companies, to buy out my company and to do other things and just to pursue different routes. And for me, it's not about money. It's all about the happiness within it. I love what I do. I love the guys I represent. Um, I love the legacy I'm leaving behind for myself and my family and my kids as well giving back to my community. And so so for me, man, the success for myself would just be uh, my personal happiness, giving mm-hmm. back to my community and the growth of everybody around me. Yeah, that's, that's major. That's major. Uh, Jay asked, um, he said, ask him, does he feel he co- has come close to the peak of his success? And what's next for you? Not even close, actually, man. I, I've... Uh, I'm pretty much a lot self-taught to get to the point I'm at. Uh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of the times I fell to the bottom and picked myself back up within this industry. Uh, I made my way and just been fortunate enough to this point to represent a lot of high-profile guys and do a great job on their behalf and to be be considered as blessed to be considered as one of the household names within the marketing space in this industry. I think I'm I'm just now scratching the surface because I've yet to been able to develop people up underneath me to the point to where they're managing on the same level that I am at now. And I think that we're getting to that point. Um, I love to give different opportunities to other people and allow them to see what this industry is really about, teaching them the ins and outs to how to get better and try to help them reach their end goals within trying to manage people as well. But within that, I see protégés. I see great people. I see great kids who want to learn, who are hungry, and who want to be in my position. And I love to see it. And I, and I plan on placing them if they're younger than I was at that time, I plan on helping them advance to greater levels and allowing me to oversee, which would then put me at an even greater space that I can be in and allow me to be even more functional for the guys that we have across the board from a management perspective. So I think we're just getting started. I think um, I've gained a lot of success, but there's a long road ahead of me, uh, a, a lot a lot more uh, that I can give to this game, a lot more that I have to leave from a legacy perspective on the sports world itself, and I think it's just beginning. Um I know it's a, it's a lot of great people who come from Cleveland. Uh, Rich Paul, LeBron's agent at Clutch Sport, came from Cleveland, grew up in my neighborhood as well. And I believe Rich is 35, 36 years old currently. And he pretty much set the bar for my neighborhood and in my city alone in regards to wanting to do something within the sports realm and reaching the top and being in a space. So when, when you come around Cleveland and you hear about Rich Paul, and you hear about Nick Davis, they look at me and say, oh, Nick is the next Rich Paul, but I have bigger aspirations than that. And I have nothing but great respect for him and his team and everything that they've done. And they've been nothing but great people um, throughout my journey and my learning process as well. But I say that to say there's greater heights for me. And that's a lot lot more that I have to give to this game. Uh, Someone on uh, Instagram said, please ask him, does he take – 
um, mentees? Uh, do you take uh, people who could work under you at all and just learn from you? Yeah, for sure. Um, we do uh, internships as well. We do mentees, big brother programs. I'm all for it. Even if I'm not, if you hit me up, I'm going to respond. I'm going to give you free game. I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm going to let you know what's going on. I'm very personable. You can always reach out to me. always get back. You know, that's that's crazy because um, one thing I noticed in chasing success, whatever that is, and now that I speak all over the world and I did the TED Talks and everything, it's easy to get people on the phone and things like that. But what I noticed was um, you, you don't have to do that, and you still do. Where does that come from? Man, I love people, man. I, I'm, yeah. I love people. Like I said earlier in the show, I love life. Um, I love reciprocating energy and feeding off on people, man. I, I understand coming across one good energy at a, in a day can shift an entire mood, can shift an entire day. Yeah. You know, all, all days don't start off good and all, every day isn't a great day, but every day we're grateful, every day we're blessed, every day we got a reason to be happy and to be uh, willing to do better. So I try to get in front of people. I always be myself. I love connecting, love networking, love growing. And just helping as many people as I can, and I think that's the main one of the main legacies I want to leave behind when it's all said and done. All right, bet, bet, bet. Uh, who's the who's your hmm? This is gonna be kind of a question. Who's the best player that play that works that works under Anthem? Who's the best player in your opinion, or your favorite player? Oh, favorite player, <laughs> man. No favorite players. I, I I genuinely I genuinely can say I love every player's game. Uh, especially when you understand the sport a lot better and you understand players a lot more, yeah. and you, you see where they can maximize their potential. So I just love to see the growth and development of young men, yeah. you know, especially coming out of, out of college and allowing us to, to represent them and go through this process with them and teach them. And, and you see where they go from year one to two to three to year eight. And you put these plans together and in place and these off, off the field schedule and plans and goals. And you just watch them grow and develop. You, it's, it's like, it's like having little brothers and then, and then they just want to thank you at the end for all the work that you've done, but you did nothing but just help them fully understand more so who they were. Yeah. Who's your favorite Who's your favorite football player ever? Favorite football player ever? Terrell Owens. Oh, word? <laughs> I got a story about Terrell I got to tell you. My boy Brandon Broner was locking him up in practice, but this is when Terrell was older, though. This is when he was older. Uh, favorite basketball player? Kobe Bryant. Best basketball player ever. Kobe Bryant. I just I just knew you was gonna say that, so I had to say that Come for on, man. Here. man, I love it. Rest man. in peace, Bing, man. Rest in peace, man. Kobe Bing Bryant. He literally, yeah. man, he raised me, man. I love that man. All right, bro. <laughs> All right, bro. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, we had a bunch of people on here. Um I wanna thank everyone who hopped on for coming on on the live. You know, we're going to reshare, repost it on every single thing. Make sure y'all subscribe, wherever it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, LinkedIn, wherever you see Check this. out. Wherever you see this, make sure you subscribe. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time, peace. Appreciate you.